live from Washington, D.C. That's right. The Inflation Reduction Act passes. Indiana enacts a total abortion ban. We'll talk about that. CPAC. What a bunch of lunatics. You see some of this CPAC footage coming out this weekend where the uh, Republicans are literally calling themselves. We are domestic terrorists and doing a bunch of other weird fascist cosplay. We will break that down. Additionally, more news about Trump throwing and shredding documents in the toilet bowls. There's now a bunch of eyewitnesses coming forward saying they did, in fact, see Trump flushing. <laughs> there are eyewitnesses, Ben. There are photos of the documents in the toilet bowls. We've already had the eyewitnesses. Now we have the pictures. I know it's when I looked at these pictures first. I'm like, how could these pictures be real? But how could any of this be real with uh, anything that went on in that ridiculous MAGA fascist world? But that's why we're fighting for democracy here on the Midas Touch podcast. Ben and Brett, Jordy on his last day of vacation break. We had Jordy's wedding this weekend out in Pittsburgh. The whole family went down. We shared a bunch of those wedding photos with all of you. We kept you apprised of the behind the scenes footage, but a great uh, wedding weekend, Brett. Uh, then we flew out to Washington, D.C. to celebrate the passage of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act with Dark Brandon, huh? Dark Brandon, slayer of the malarkey, reducer of the deficit, giver of the jobs. <laughs> well, first, why don't you talk a little bit about Jordy's uh, wedding? Then we'll hit a little bit about Dark Brandon for everyone wondering what this whole Dark Brandon thing is all, all about. <laughs> and it's tongue in cheek, Dark Brandon. OK, you can't take Dark Brandon too seriously. Or can you? Or can you? Yeah, exactly, Ben. No, Jordy's wedding was amazing. I mean, I, I'm so happy that you were able to kind of live tweet the wedding. We were able to share some photos throughout. Uh, just such an incredible ceremony, amazing party. Great to see family, hang with family, dance, uh, see Jordy crying up there just because he was so happy. And I, I know all you guys saw those photos and videos. Really just such an incredibly special day. So, so just proud of Jordy, so happy for him and his new wife, Lexi. And uh, I just can't wait for them to. I officiated you know. the wedding. I did a pretty good job officiating the wedding. For those who want me to officiate your wedding, I may. Are you hitting start, the circuit? I may do the officiating wedding circuit after the good. positive reviews uh, that came out of Jordy's wedding. Talking you were about getting positive... requests. I noticed that, by the way, at the end, other people were saying, could you do my event? Could you do other events? And I think you kind of had to tell them, like, you know, I, I kind of have these other jobs, but uh, but maybe I got do, but you know what people liked about it. I kept it short. I kept it simple. I was funny, but not you don't want to be too funny. Got to overshadow the groom and the bride. That's for sure. And then you want to get in and out. But talking about positive reviews, Dark Brandon, a.k.a. President Joe Biden, getting the Inflation Reduction Act passed after intense negotiations. I mean, just showing what the stick is like and just also because Biden was a senator for so long, he knows how to get things done. He knows how to negotiate. He knew how to work productively with someone like Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat, but represents a constituency in hypothetically West Virginia. That's, you know, I say hypothetically, because oftentimes when you actually see the types of issues that Manchin pushes back on or the types of issues that cinema push back on, it has nothing to do with the actual constituency there. But suffice to say that they there is a, you know, unique constituency. They know the people they represent. But Biden knew how to negotiate with them, even in the last minute when cinema was fighting incredibly hard and trying to, you know, potentially create some uh, negotiating points. I'll put it nicely. Um, that was in the interest of private equity in terms of taxes on this carried interest provision that was in there, which could have blown up the deal, managing to find workarounds that would have like an amendment to the Thune Amendment that reintroduced this other amendment that, that basically got it done. And that just is skill in negotiating and knowing how the Senate works to get things done. But setting aside all of those machinations behind the scenes, this bill really, really helps people. I want to get into what's in this bill. But Brett, first, I want to talk about the origins of Dark Brandon, the origins dun, dun, dun. of Dark Brandon. Man, break it down for us. All right. 
So let me give you the origins of Dark Brandon. So Dark Brandon began as one of these right wing kind of fascist memes to try to mock Joe Biden. But this is now the summer of 2022. This is the summer of democracy. This is the summer of the January 6th committee. This we is the summer different in the summer of 2022. The summer we of 2022. We've, we've all figured this out now. So the pro-democracy loving people said, all right, you want to create this weird dark Brandon thing? We'll own dark branded and so the pro-democracy crowd of you know what i think is a huge coalition that's building to try to push out this mega fascism kind of tongue-in-cheek took this dark branded persona this comic book batman superman like character of joe biden and used these kind of right-wing memes against the right wing and so Brett, what was the tweet that i basically wrote i said you know joe biden said let there be jobs and so there was with an excellent job report of over 538,000 jobs created but there was a great jobs report uh the unemployment was people though who think you're just not even being tongue-in-cheek whatsoever like the people who think you're being just 100 percent serious with the dark branded memes but i think you know dark brandon though has been an unstoppable force and at this point you, you, you can't stop the momentum you can't stop dark brandon he is everywhere and is so far everywhere that now like have you noticed the white house is using dark brandon memes like the, the director of digital engagement for the right white house rob flaherty was posting dark brandon memes this morning. It's become so ubiquitous and it just become a sign, especially right now with all the momentum that we're seeing from the Democrats, from the White House. It's a way to celebrate the wins. And I know it is tongue in cheek. It is ridiculous. Yeah, with the laser eyes, with Biden with laser eyes and Biden with the muscles. And but here's the thing. We don't take it like the right wing. They'll put those photos with Trump on a six pack and genuinely like take that shit seriously. I mean, for us, it's a funny joke. Um, but we do want to highlight the good stuff to your point, Brett, of what Biden's doing. Right. And, I, and I'll get into the specifics in a sec, but don't underestimate the power of the meme wars. Don't underestimate it because this is actually how information is shared in 2022. And it's good that we have like a a cool representation of President Biden out there that every time there is a success, especially with 90 and some days to the elections, we could go, boom, did it again. Boom, dark did Biden. it again. Dark, dark branded, branded, dark branded, dark share branded. the memes, have some fun with it, have something to rally around. I mean, honestly, we were missing something like this and now we got energy, but it's because every single day what we're seeing is Democrats working for the people, President Biden working for the people. And I really, 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 really do believe then that they took your advice to heart a few months ago when you were like, why aren't they just getting out there and passing bills every day? Whether whether they will pass the Senate and get signed into law or not, just show that Democrats are fighting for the people, get all these Republicans on the record. And that's what they've been doing. Then they were able to get this massive piece of legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, through the Senate. It's going to be signed by President Biden. And what's in the bill? It's one of the most substantial pieces of legislation we've seen in a very long time. It caps Medicare out-of-pocket costs at $2,000, $300 billion in deficit reduction, lowers carbon emissions by 40% by 2031, a 15% minimum tax on corporations. It lets Medicare negotiate prices. That was even like a big Trump talking point. Remember, I'm going to let Medicare negotiate prices, but he couldn't get shit done tax cuts for renewable energy, a lot of clean energy. This is the biggest piece of clean energy legislation ever. Fixed tax loopholes. It's given a means to collect taxes from billionaires. It extends Obamacare subsidies and no taxes, not one penny will be raised on anybody making under $400,000 a year. This is a massive, massive, massive deal. And of course, what do Republicans do? What's the one thing that they have to do as they're going through this bill? They got to make sure, let me take out, how could we, okay, you, you guys are going to pass this, but we're going to chip one thing off it. We're going to make sure that those diabetics. We're going to make sure that they're the ones who are suffering. That's what we're going to do. So Republicans get an amendment that uh, they they vote down the provision that would have lowered the cost of insulin to thirty five. So, so the way that works, spread and it's a bit weird. So I'll, I'll try to break it down a little yeah. bit um, outside of Medicare 
to introduce outside of the Medicare caps to introduce this lower cost of insulin cap at $35. The Democrats had to introduce that as a separate amendment because the Senate parliamentarian viewed that as basically a new bill and, you know, an adding to the existing bill that could otherwise you know, based on whatever the parliamentary system is for reconciliation, the parliamentary, the parliamentarian, which is just a weird concept that they have a Senate parliamentarian who no one even knows can say, hey, that can't be included in this. Yeah, bill. It's like all of our dark Brandon jokes are actually true about the Senate part, the Senate parliamentarian, <laughs> Senate parliamentarian, overseer of the Senate decider of what becomes in the bills. <laughs> it's a bizarre, bizarre concept. But so the Democrats had to introduce that is really strange. The Democrats, the, I mean, that that's just the way our Senate works. It's not unique to right now. So the Democrats introduced the provision to lower the cost of insulin to $35 as a new amendment. And Republicans voted that down and prevented that from getting into the bill. So that's why. But they took a big stand. Republicans fist bumping. They got the diabetics last week. They got the vets, no health care for toxic substances. And now the Republicans are coming for the diabetic population. No cheaper insulin. By the way, all of these Republicans have been when they go to their constituents, when they go and they speak, they go, oh, one of the things we want to do is lower the cost of insulin to thirty five dollars. So now they have the opportunity to vote on that issue. But let's fist bump. Let's own the Democrats. That's how disgusting these people are. Let's not actually help people live. Big win for us. People are going to suffer and die. Yeah, when you see what the wins for the Republican Party are, it, it it says it all. And what I like to say, though, about about this, honestly, it's it's not a win for Democrats, although it obviously is. It's it's really a win for all Americans and it's a win for the planet because it's the biggest piece of climate legislation we've ever had in this country. We got to take what we could get here, but we actually got a lot. And this is why, like the Georgia elections were so important. Think about that. If we did not have the Senate the way it was, if we kicked the Joe Manchin out of our party when we were pissed at him a few months ago, guess what? This never would have happened. So we got to understand that we are playing on a razor's edge right now with our politics. And that's why it's so important that we get out there and we expand our Senate majority, that we keep our House majority. That's the stakes of this election. It is being told to us every single day. And we see these Republicans on the other side. And you see these guys, they like complaining that they even have to show up to work. Like if you don't even want to do the job, then don't do the job. Just retire. Marco Rubio posts on Twitter that one of his flights got canceled and that he's going to he has to fly at an inconvenient time for him. And Marco Rubio, by the way, who professes to be, you know, he, he sits on committees that deal with national and international security um, and privacy. He posts his reservation number. Um, when he puts the, the image of his flight ticket on Twitter. I mean, just think about this. You are a United States senator and you are complaining and whining to the world that you have to take an inconvenient flight from Florida to Washington, D.C. to vote, to do your job, to do what the taxpayers pay you nearly $20,000 a month to do. And you're whining about that. And crying on Twitter. I mean, what a bunch of babies. And it wasn't just Marco Rubio. I mean, Chuck Grasley. I mean, all of these people. Oh, we have to show up and do our jobs. Oh, but American people are catching on to this. I mean, that's why you saw the new numbers from Progress Progress Florida and Florida Watch, which show Marco Rubio and Democratic challenger Val Demings tied 45 percent, 45 percent. You know, and that's because Marco Rubio's a little whiny baby and apologies to babies. It's like people are done with this. They want people who will fight for them and who actually do the work for them. And they see someone in Val Demings, a very competent and qualified person who's not whining about anything. And you speak about whining. I mean, the ultimate wine fest in the world. One of the strangest things is this. This CPAC convention, I got to break it down because it has reached some of the strangest, scariest, dangerous, idiotic. We can give it all of these labels in the world. But let's talk first about the keynote speaker, Victor Orban. 
the prime minister of Hungary, who is viewed as a fascist wannabe because he is. And this is an individual who wants to destroy democracies, who wants to take authoritarian power, who all of our allies warn is an incredibly dangerous person to the survival of democracy generally. And this is the person who, first off, Republicans had held prior conventions in Hungary. <laughs> They've done so, conferences. Can I just say Hungary. one thing? Is CPAC every every three days now? Like I, I, I literally, there's a CPAC like every three days, and each one gets crazier than the next. I don't know what these Republican politicians do other than go from WrestleMania event to WrestleMania event to WrestleMania event. It's just a traveling circus at this point. They're certainly not meeting with their constituents. They're just meeting with the craziest of the crazy people at all times. And they're all kind of in this weird bubble of just radicalizing each other at this point. Like, I bet if they actually got out there into their communities and saw people who were actually struggling and the needs of their constituents, I'm sure maybe they'd actually behave a little differently. But they're going to these psychologists carnival events every single day, meeting with the most radical of the radical, just feeding off this radical energy. And it's just so unhealthy for our democracy to have one party that has just completely abandoned democracy. And let me just tell you, let me just read you a line from Viktor Orban's Wikipedia page before you get into more of the fact that Orban was the keynote speaker at this event. So Orban's tenure has seen the Hungary government shift towards what he has called an ill liberal democracy, citing countries, and these are the inspiration countries, uh, inspirations, such as China, Russia, India, Singapore, and Turkey as models of governance, while simultaneously promoting anti-Americanism, Euroscepticism, and opposition to Western democracy. Yeah, and that's why he you know, links up with the Texas GOP platform, which are basically all of those things. That was the official Texas platform. But Brett, all of these events, they kind of look and feel the same. They get a little bit crazier each time, but the speeches are basically identical. So, I mean, it's the same stupid stump speech, ridiculous stump speech, where all the Republicans do when they get on the stage, they show up, there's like weird pyrotechnics and fireworks. They get out there and someone like Ted Cruz goes something like, my name is Ted Cruz and my pronouns are kiss my ass, kiss my ass. And the crowd goes, yeah, that's right. You yeah, got your pronouns, kiss your ass, Ted Cruz. I mean, all it. it <laughs> But you watch them. That's all they talk about. They are obsessed, obsessed with pronouns, obsessed with the pronouns about them, obsessed with obsessed with the pronouns. And, and the ultimate irony of it, when he goes as my pronouns are kiss my ass. Ultimately, they don't even think through what their position is. It's just like, hey, government, stay the fuck out of people's lives. OK, the government, you don't need to get involved with that. Let people identify how they want to identify. Let people control their own bodies, Ted Cruz. You do not need to be the arbiter of it. And if your pronouns are kiss my ass, then guess what, Ted Cruz? Kiss my ass, okay? Get out of my bedroom, Ted Cruz. Get out of my home. Get out of my doctor's office, okay? Get out of the decisions that I want to make with my own family and stop focused Ted Cruz and people like you on taking away my freedoms and my family's freedoms and my friends, my, my friends' freedoms and my colleagues' freedoms. Focus on what you do and stop whining about taking flights to government to do the business of the people that you're supposed to be hired to do. That's the ultimate irony of those points, Brett. And then as you go through the CPAC and you see some of the other stuff, did you see one of the exhibits? They have an exhibit hall in CPAC. And in one of the exhibits, they had like a cosplay mock-up of a jail cell because these radical right-wingers call the insurrectionists political prisoners. I'm not making this up. And so they claim that the government is oppressing the insurrectionists who are the political prisoners whose human rights are being violated according to the radical right extremists. So they set up a booth and in this booth in an orange jumpsuit was Brandon Straka 
an actual insurrectionist who pled guilty and who was sentenced by a court. Now, Brandon Straka is sitting in this makeup of a jail cell. They're doing these like bizarre religious. I say bizarre and I shouldn't even say it. Whatever that was, was not religion, but I guess mock it's, fake it, religion. It was, we, sort of, it was culty. It was very cult, Yeah, these cult culty. chants and cult hymns and cult prayers as Marjorie Taylor Greene sits in front of Brandon Straka, kneels in front of him as he starts crying and like kisses him in this like mock up of I don't even know what this fascist cosplay bizarre strange scene and let me tell you about brandon straka who's in that orange jumpsuit so brandon straka got leniency by the judge because straka worked with the feds to turn on other insurrectionists (laughs) to make sure other insurrectionists were arrested straka in his informant (laughs) he's an informant he took yeah he he worked with the feds he took full accountability of his actions not anymore but at this time he said it was the stupidest thing he had ever done in you know to a federal judge and then worked with the FBI to identify other insurrectionists who were there turned over his phone turned over his cell phone and actually recently that information came to light that he was working with the feds so that's the individual who's in that jail cell with Marjorie Taylor Greene in their weird fascist cosplay Brett but what's going on in CPAC is beyond disturbing but did you did you see though the headphone exhibit that they had at this thing also they had it like a silent disco and they had a word that said silence on it And what they did was you could put on the headphones that they had at this exhibit and you could hear the real tales of the January 6th political prisoners. So you put on these headphones and you hear stories of people in the January 6th political prison talking about their hardships as if they like escaped the Nazis or something like this is the real sick shit that they were doing in there. And this is the Republican Party. But let's get into the other stuff. I mean, it was all the same shit that we hear over and over again. And it's just a disinformation lie, like crazy alternate reality chamber where Trump says that he finished the wall. He says the job numbers aren't good, even though we're having like the best job numbers of all time. He makes up that gas is $8. Lauren Boebert says, oh, we got to prosecute Fauci. We need to arrest, indict and prosecute Fauci. What, for keeping you alive? Like once again, like what are you talking about? And she does that same, she does that like prank on the stage yeah she um, walks around with like just that stage with- <laughs> ben is ben is doing the prance for the listeners right now it's a, it's pretty good it's pretty good goes, let me tell you something let me tell you something you know who is comprised let me tell you who is comprised comprised <laughs> she meant compromised by she the meant way compromised and they were all comprised is what she said she these people and she does the strut and every word she says is wrong for people who believe that the only language that should be spoken in the United States is English. They sure don't know how that say that language at all. Breton, how about the big banner? The banner when you walked into CPAC said, we are domestic terrorists. I'm not making that. When I saw that, I thought, you know, there are some people online who will like do edits of videos and they'll put things on or change what banners say or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, they did a really good job with that one and then i like looked into it and i was like holy shit cpac actually had a banner a a digital banner that greeted everybody as they arrived that said we are domestic terrorists i mean they are just showing the middle finger right now to the law to everybody and they're trying i think also desensitize people to what they really did on january 6th and to who they are i mean they are just really owning the fact yeah we are the insurrection party we are the party that wants to destroy america and we even saw that emphasized by people like andy biggs representative who made it his main platform that what we need to do when we get into power we needed to to defund the department of justice and the fbi trump said he's going to recall all the prosecutors who are going after him i mean this is just a lawless party for the party that has said over and over law and order law and order who has tried to hit democrats with this defund the police thing that democrats aren't even pushing for to then go and and go 
I'm going to defund the Department of Justice because we are criminals and they are coming after us. I'm going to defund the FBI. I'm going to target the prosecutors. And then you have Marjorie Taylor Greene after all this Alex Jones stuff. Alex Jones, one of the most horrific people on the planet, if not the most horrific person on the planet, somebody who made millions of dollars harassing the families of school shooting victims. You really that's not a liberal or a conservative or a Democrat or Republican issue. It didn't used to be. Maybe it is now. If you're a Republican, maybe you support that now. I, I, I don't know. But you have Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, no, the, the families that Alex Jones harassed, they're not the real victims here. Alex Jones, he is the victim. He is being politically persecuted by the media, by the judges, the entire legal system. It is Alex Jones who we should feel bad for. And that really sums up the Republican Party in 2022. These are extreme, radical, I'm sorry to say it, they are domestic terrorists. That's what J.D. Vance said, you know, about, you know, nine months ago to a year ago. You found that tweet where J.D. Vance said that, uh, he praised Alex Jones and said that Alex Jones, you know, tells more truths than Rachel Maddow and, you know, and, and basically quoted Rachel Maddow's quote of a like a local news report that talked about individuals who were getting sick, taking ivermectin. So when you actually like I dug deeper into what he was actually calling Rachel Maddow out for J.D. Vance and why he was saying that Alex Jones is actually a better truth teller than Rachel Maddow. It was Maddow simply quoting a hospital as basically saying that they were crowded due to people taking ivermectin and getting sick, which the radical right used that to basically say you're spreading disinformation because there are still availabilities at other hospitals. But the reporter went on to say in that local article, all we were saying was we spoke to this specific hospital and this hospital said people were taking ivermectin and getting sick, which is true. They were taking horse deworming medication form of ivermectin and they were getting sick because they were confused about what to take because the right wing was spreading disinformation about that. But setting that aside, Brett, I want to give a little bit of history right now because I want to explain what is actually going on. What's going on and what the radical right wing is trying to recreate is what took place in the Beer Hall Putsch, also known as the Munich Putsch, which was the failed coup by Adolf Hitler. OK, and what Adolf Hitler modeled his failed coup um, on in November 1923 was the coup um, that was done by Benito Mussolini's successful march to Rome. And so based on Mussolini's march on Rome, Hitler basically planned a similar one where they would meet up in these beer halls. And I think it was about 2000 or so, you know, individuals, you know, marched with Hitler um, and they went to the city square to try to overthrow the government and, and they failed and a number of the Nazis were killed. But that beer hall putsch was used as a rallying call for the insurrection that actually later in time worked. And they would idolize and symbolize the beer hall putsch as being this historic and heroic event. And that is what the Trumpist and the MAGAs are trying to do in line with Mussolini rallying the crowd to overthrow the government, Hitler rallying the crowd at the beer halls to overthrow the government, Trump rallying the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and the MAGA crowd to overthrow the government. There's a direct line and, and a direct historical parallel there that is undeniable and unquestionable. And it's important that we remember that history. And also, it's important to note that that's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. I mean, they study it. They, they they're studying it. This is it. something I mean, this, this is why they're having a CPAC with Viktor Orban. And Donald Trump has modeled himself after Adolf Hitler in, in a lot of ways. There's a report out of The New Yorker just this morning 
about Donald Trump's relationships with his generals. Uh, you got to read. Everyone's got to read this because, you know, you think like the guy can't go lower. And then you read stuff like this in The New Yorker and you're just like, holy shit. The article is called Inside the War Between Trump and His Generals, How Mark Milley and Others in the Pentagon Handled the National Security Threat posed by their own commander in chief. Here is a little excerpt of a conversation that Donald Trump had with General Kelly. You fucking generals, why can't you be like the German generals? Which generals, General Kelly asked. The German generals in World War II, Trump responded. You do know that they tried to kill Hitler three times and almost pulled it off, Kelly said. And then, you know, it just goes on. You know, Trump wanted to have that Fourth of July parade basically for himself so he could like be there like a dictator while tanks rolled by Washington, D.C. General Mattis, his comment to Trump about it was he said, I'd rather swallow acid. And then Trump also didn't want any wounded veterans in that parade as he was trying to think through the parade because he thought they were disgusting. This is what Trump thinks about our our our. our our vets. And he said, it's not a good look for me. Keep them away. We don't, we don't want any wounded vets in our, in our parade. This is Donald Trump. And it gets, it just gets worse and worse and worse from there. You got to read this article. But at the end of the day, Donald Trump wanted to run his military like Adolf Hitler ran his military. And he actively expressed that two United States generals. And they were like, uh, no, we're not going to do that, man. Absolutely not. This is the United States of America. This is a quote by Dr. Carl Alexander von Mueller, a professor of modern history and political science at the University of Munich, who was actually an eyewitness at the Beer Hall Putsch, quote, I cannot remember in my entire life such a change in the attitude of a crowd in a few minutes, almost a few seconds. Hitler had turned them inside out as one turns a glove inside out with a few sentences. It had almost something of a hocus pocus or magic about it you know when you think about the speeches in front of this MAGA crowd I mean we think about it it's like it doesn't make any sense to us what is going on is what is taking place but this is who Trump has modeled his whole career on and we did a video recently about the passing of Ivana the strange and mysterious circumstances around the burial I'll tell people to watch our YouTube video on that, where we really kind of break it down the strange timing of the autopsy that the toxicology was not done. Um, apparently, you know, you know, she was, she was uh, buried before any tox reports were done. Um, but Ivana said that Donald had kept a book of mind Kampf around mind Kampf around him all the time and would idolize Adolf Hitler. And so, I wouldn't ignore that firsthand account, especially when you see, yeah, when you see the parallels here. This podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because the vitamins I was taking was just not doing the job. And I would take these gummies and these pills and I'd mix and match. And I thought I could do it all for myself, but I really had no clue what I was doing. Now I've been taking Athletic Greens for over a year and I love it. It doesn't even taste like it's super healthy. In fact, for me, I think it tastes absolutely great. So what is this scup? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. All I do is I take one scoop of this green powder, I put it in a cup, I shake it up, I drink it. That's really it. I got all the multivitamins I need and it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's for you. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold cold brew habit and tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. So it's important. Choose the one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, 
Athletic Greens and Midas Touch is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Midas, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S.com slash M-E-I-D-A-S to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance today that's athleticgreens.com slash Midas and now a word from our sponsor better help you know you got to take care of your mind everybody everybody's always talking about working out going to the gym but often we forget that mental health could be just as important if not more important than physical health that's why I try to take walks off and try to shut off the electronics you know meditate from time to time but better help has really helped me and I know it'll help you hey I mean how well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same car your entire life that's how our brains work so why don't we treat them that way how we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. I love a good power nap, but there's also... BetterHelp Online Therapy. I've been loving BetterHelp because they just set you up with a therapist that is right for you. It happens super quickly. It's super easy. If you feel like using the camera and speaking one-on-one, looking eye-to-eye with the therapist, you can. But at the same time, you don't have to. For me, you know, I... The more I could do at home, the better personally, it's just easier for me. So the fact that I could do better help from the comfort of my home is what I absolutely love. Better help is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You heard that right. And You know, we got a special offer for the listeners of the Midas Touch podcast, so you got to take advantage of this. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Midas. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Midas. Brett, let's talk about what's going on in Indiana. Um, Really sad, Um, sad what's going on across the country in these states controlled by radical right extremist legislatures. Um, You know, it's not unique to what's going on in in Indiana. You know, Indiana came to the fore when it came, you know, at the end of uh, Dobbs overturning Roe v. Wade with the story about the 10-year-old girl who was raped and she went from Ohio and was able to get reproductive care in Indiana uh, because Ohio had a trigger law in place that prevented this 10 year old girl from having an abortion. She discovered that she was pregnant with her rapist's baby slightly over six weeks. And the ban was at six weeks and Ohio and like many States picked that time period as, as a ban. Although many States have even gone further now and basically have just at conception, uh, you know, but also they picked that date believing that, you know, women wouldn't even know anyway. So it basically functioned as a, as a total ban. But uh, this 10 year old girl was able to get the abortion care that she needed in Indiana. So naturally, what does Indiana do in response to that? Are they caring, compassionate? No, the Indiana legislature passes essentially a total abortion ban where the majority of uh, Republicans also were fighting for amendments that would leave no room for any exceptions whatsoever in any circumstance. Um, There managed to be some small exceptions, but it's essentially a total, total abortion ban in Indiana. And a lot of companies have come out in Indiana and basically said, we're not even sure if we could function in Indiana as a company, you know, our headquarters, Eli Lilly, for example, said, look, like who's not by any means, by the way, not by any means, like a liberal company, like they're actually, I would say a a pretty conservative organization, Eli Lilly. Yeah. And and, and Eli, Eli Lilly even said in it, look, we understand 
that there are strong opinions about abortion. But ultimately, by you, the state, controlling women, by you being the arbiter of those opinions, as opposed to the woman, her doctor, her decisions that she makes as she wants with her body, you're preventing us from hiring people because people aren't going to want to work in the state. People aren't going to want to live here. And so for us to attract top talent, we're going to have to hire elsewhere and we're going to have to move outside the state. That's something that a lot of other employers are saying as well, that when you take the choice away from women, women are going to make the choice not to live in the state. Well, it's at the end of the day, it's a life or death law for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, that you have just no right to call yourself pro-life when you are literally killing women. I mean, I, I read this story online, which which broke my heart and I'll read it for our listeners here. But, you know, this person said my friend in Oklahoma's baby died in utero at seven months. They forced her to carry it until her body expelled it. She ended up with peritonitis, nearly bled to death and can no longer conceive. Expect this in Indiana too. And we're going to start seeing a lot of these stories. I mean, we already saw the story that, you know, about the 10-year-old girl uh, who was being forced to carry her rapist's baby, who, uh, what did the Republican Party do? They said, liar, you lied, you lied. That was their reaction to that. It was obviously true. And now we're going to see that time and time again. We're going to see that times a thousand. We're going to we're going to be seeing stories like this all the time out of these red states like Indiana, like Ohio. When you see the like debates, Oklahoma. Brett, when they were debating some of these amendments, the Democratic legislatures and the, the videos that I saw were mostly women talking to the Republican legislatures, mostly men. So you have the dynamic of a male Republican legislature legislating state control over the anatomy of a woman and a woman legislature talking about the issues that affect women's reproductive rights and women's health. And the female legislature would ask the male legislature. So what am I supposed to tell my children when I am pregnant and I'm told by my doctor that the baby is is going to die and or that the baby is already dead and I have to take that baby to term over that period. What what am I supposed to how what what how do what do I tell my kids? What what do you suggest that I do? And then the male legislature, you know, would say legislator would say something like we all have our day and we all will die eventually. I mean, they say things that grim, like literally that's what they're, that's what they, what they say. I mean, it's horrific to, it's horrific. It's sick. It's handmaid's tale, but that is who the Republican parties are taking away our freedoms. I'm not sure if you saw this either, Brett, but uh, the department of justice filed a lawsuit against the state of Idaho because under the state of Idaho, while it is an affirmative defense to a criminal case that a woman's required emergency care. It is in response to being criminally charged. So Idaho criminalizes abortions. And so if a woman goes to the hospital and needs emergency care under federal law, EMTALA, an emergency medical uh, treatment act that allows, that requires, passed in the late 80s, that says if someone needs emergency care, hospitals have to provide emergency care. Well, under Idaho, they shift the burden. And if it's an abortion, the doctor would be criminally charged first. And then the doctor can say later at a criminal trial, oh, it was an emergency. So what does that basically do? No doctor is ever going to provide the emergency care that a woman needs. So it prevents women from going to the emergency room. So the Department of Justice, you know, Merrick Garland under Biden filed this lawsuit to say you need to provide emergency care. And the Idaho radical right extremist Republican governor 
responded by saying, this is a pro-life state. You can't tell us what to do, federal government. And just think about that framing. We're a pro-life state, so we're going to make the women die. You can't use our emergency rooms. We're a pro-life state, so we're going to kill you. You're not a pro-life state. You're a sick fucking fascist state is what you are. You're taking away the rights of people. And by the way, if you put that to a vote in Idaho, you get the same result that you got in Kansas. If you put the vote to the people in all states, people would say we want to have the right to choose. It's the ultimate fallacy of what the radical right extremists point is about state rights. Right. They go, oh, we'll leave it to the state so the states can decide and be representatives of the people. Well, if you put a referendum up of the right to choose in every state, the right to choose would always be selected by the people. The problem is the states in their radical extremist ways and these radical right states controlled by radical right leaders who have gerrymandered and screwed up their own states. They're preventing the will of the people on these issues from being heard. That's why you need federal rights to supersede state rights. If that state's right argument still existed, we'd still have slavery today. Yeah, it's, the, it's the same slavery argument. And you see even people like Lindsey Graham now going on TV to use that argument for other rights that they want to take away. If you notice, you notice the theme here, like Democrats are constantly like, how could we do things for the people for all their faults? For all the Democrats' faults, there's a lot of faults, like, and there's <laughs> plenty of faults that we can get into. But it's always okay. So, how can we make prescription drug prices lower? How could we help people strengthen Social Security and Medicare? How can we do things for the people? How can we extend Obamacare subsidies and child tax credits? Republicans at this point in the game are just everything is how do we take away your rights? And how Lindsey do we Graham create wanna- some BS? culture war issues to pit people against and talk. We'll just talk about pronouns the whole time. We'll distract you with pronouns. We'll start villainizing transgender. We'll just start villainizing transgender people. And then we'll just be taking away your rights in the process. Lindsey Graham goes on TV. He goes, yeah, I think we should leave marriage to the states. It's all politics. My friends, marriage should be left to the states. That's their next attack. They're going to try to destroy families. They're going to try to end same sex marriage and tear apart families. That's their next goal here. So I think at this point, though, I I mean, the stakes have never been higher and the differences between the parties have never been clearer. And I'll read you like a list right now of Democratic priorities versus Republican priorities. And you, you, you might think like, Brett, you're exaggerating a little bit here, right? This is a little bit of hyperbole, but I want you to find me one lie. I want you to find me one lie in what I'm about to read you. The Democrats right now, they're working on reducing inflation, lowering gas prices, making prescription drugs more affordable, protecting the climate, increasing jobs, protecting human rights, human dignity, while Republicans are defending Alex Jones, saying that he's being politically persecuted. They are touting the insurrection. They are blocking bills that would lower insulin costs. They are trying to break up marriages and separate families. They're trying to force 10-year-olds to have their rapists' babies. They're trying to end Social Security and Medicare. I mean, this is their platform. That's the Democratic platform. That's the Republican platform. That's the choice that we have in November. And that's why it's so important for all of us to get out there and to make sure that everybody understands those choices. And I think the Democrats have actually been very effective in getting that message across, especially over the past like month or so, one to two months. And we just need to keep hammering this home every single day. We see the polls starting to widen in our favor. We need to stay on the attack and we need to make sure that people are aware that if we want to preserve our democracy, if we want to preserve human rights, if we want to preserve the American experiment, then we have to get out there. We got to vote blue. And I've never been more proud to be a Democrat. I've never been more excited. And as Ben likes to say, it ain't because I love the donkey logo. It ain't because I love the fanfare around Democrats. It's because when you look at the two parties, you see that one party is actually at least trying to fight for you. One party is trying to distract and villainize and otherize Americans and kick the most marginalized Americans while they are down. And I think it is disgusting. It is reminiscent of Nazi Germany, and I will not stand for it. I will not allow that to happen here in the United States of America, and I hope you won't as well. Yeah, what I also can't stand for is uh, presidents who 
shred their documents and freaking toilet bowls. I mean, we got to close the show by talking about are we closing with Trump, massive dumps? The Trump dumps are real. Maggie Haberman has obtained photos of the infamous documents Trump threw in the toilet while at the White House. So, yeah, not only are there eyewitnesses, there are actually photos of flushing uh, speeches and documents down the toilet bowls. And there's pictures of like looking at a now. toilet pole that looks like it has like even a little poop on the toilet. Well, you're disgusting here, here, here. Here's what I actually here's what I do on the toilet floor right there. There's <laughs> Jesus. There's also uh, the very fitting that one of the names written on these piece of papers is Stefanik. It just shows you these people are literal trash, literal. They are treat. They, they treat the American people like shit. And it's nice to actually see Elise Stefanik's name, who sunk so low, who positioned herself as a normal conservative when she ran and then proceeded to bow down to Donald Trump and become one of the most radical, one of the most despicable representatives out there. Her name written on this piece of paper that Trump threw in the toilet, I think, is her legacy right now and represents the Republican Party. Probably a good title for the podcast. Republicans are in Trump's toilet bowl. I like it. I like it. We could workshop it, but I'm going to workshop it a little. We'll, we'll workshop <laughs> it a little bit. Well, Brett and I are in Washington, D.C. right now. For those who don't know, I went to law school at Georgetown in Washington, D.C. I went to undergrad at George Washington in Washington, D.C. So it's great to be back in an area where I lived for seven years. We're going to do a little bit of sightseeing. Uh, maybe a little, maybe a little concert tonight, Brett. I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe see a show, but we're going to uh, try to enjoy DC a little bit, celebrate the wins that the pro democracy movement uh, has brought for the people, but also realize that we're going to roll up our sleeves and keep on fighting with you, the Midas Mighty. Special congratulations to Jordy and Alexis. Woo! We love you both may you have an incredible life together for those needing someone to officiate their wedding just shoot me an email ben at midas touch is this an ad is this an ad read <laughs> ben, I ben's, really act, ben's acting like he's joking but he's really only partly joking like he he will uh, definitely do it if you ask <laughs> I may probably maybe we'll see a special thanks to our sponsors better help and athletic greens definitely check out our sponsors and we'll see you next time on the Midas touch podcast Brett take Jordy's job <laughs> shout out to the Midas mighty